this case. So before this moment in Acts 10, there really wasn't too much of a gateway open. There was, but there really wasn't too much of a gateway open or emphasis on people like me and you to have access to this ministry of Jesus Christ. It was all centered around Jerusalem and Israel. But something really, really powerful happens in Acts 10. And it really changes the history of Christianity. And it actually shapes the world. For the last 2,000 years, a lot of the world has been shaped by what happened after Christianity became a global religion. And today we still live under this system. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to be said about that as well. Acts 10.34 reads, Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. I knew I was going to screw up that word. Favoritism. (laughs) Another version says partiality. I like that one better. God shows no partiality. In every nation, God accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news or gospel for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power or authority. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We are those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That's right. So one of the reasons why this passage is so interesting is because of that first line right there that Peter starts out with. Then Peter replied, I see clearly that God shows no favoritism from every nation. Another way to translate that word nation is from every ethnic group. God accepts those who fear him and do what is right. If you read the chapter, and I'll leave you this for homework. Read Acts 10 in in its entirety. entirety, Because the entire chapter is actually really fascinating. It starts with Peter who was home in his house. And he decided to go up to his roof to pray. And he was hungry. And as he was praying, I love this, he enters into a trance. I love it because I feel like sometimes we have just tamed faith enough that we, like, there was space in Peter's spirituality for him to enter into a trance, right? That's kind of weird. That's trippy. I've never had one of these trances, but Peter did. And that's interesting to me. So he's praying, he's hungry. He's kind of in this trippy moment. And a sheet comes down from heaven. And in this sheet, there is all kinds of animals. 
mammals, birds, reptiles. And God says to Peter, Peter, you're hungry. Go ahead and kill and eat. Like, lizards? Snakes? So many animals there? Right? In my head, I'm thinking like, no way I'm eating a snake. There's just no way. In Peter's head, he's thinking, and he says this to God, God, I have never in my life eaten an animal that is not pure or clean. I'm a good Jewish boy. I follow all the rules and regulations that you have given me. There's no way I will be eating a lizard. No way I've ever eaten pork. No way I've ever had bacon. No way I'm having no bacon barbecue. today. No barbecue for Peter, ever. So then, this trance and this sheet coming down from heaven happens three times to Peter. Almost as if to say, Peter, I know you're not sure what's happening, and I know you're a little hungry, but this is really, really, really for real. I mean it. Kill anything you see and eat. And Peter says, no. This is not allowed. It's impure. It's not clean. That's, that's their food, right? That's the Gentile food. This is not what we eat. And then God says to Peter, Peter, do not call unclean anything I've called clean and pure. And that switches everything for Peter. See, what happened before is that they had built a system in which there was a separation between those people and our people. There was this separation of us versus them. They are the ones that eat snakes. They are the ones that eat pork. They are the ones that eat lizards. They, it's them, right? But us, we, we are pure. We follow the rules. We eat what God has told us to eat. We have created a system where we are different than them. So much so that later on in the passage, Peter goes and visits a man, and his name is Cornelius. And Peter says, Cornelius, I'm, gonna, I'm about, he's a Gentile, like you and I. And he says, I'm about to enter your home. And I've never done this because good Jewish boys do not go into foreigners' homes. But God has shown me that everything that he has called good is good and pure. And I don't get to call you impure or unclean anymore. So I enter into your home. And one of the things that this passage does, and then Peter says is, I see now very clearly that, that God shows no partiality. And I don't know about you, but, but for me, and especially the way I grew up, and I know not everyone here grew up this way, but I grew up in a really conservative expression of Christianity and it really was about God's favor over us because we were clean, because we were following the rules. Right. For me, and again, this is just my story. I remember we were not, we were not allowed to go to the movies, right? Because the movies were not clean. Yeah. And those of us that ever went to the movies, oh my gosh, it was like two weeks of penance because <laughs> you had gone to the movies. We were not allowed to dance, for instance. I remember one time someone preaching at our church that drums at the church produced a cacophony of noises that was not worshipful to God. And, and that was, it was this separation of good and bad and us and them and pure and impure. Right? 
Interestingly, this separation also happens in all kinds of ways. It happens theologically and it happens with our spirituality, but it happens very much in issues of, of politics and race and class. You are extra if you buy at these stores, but you're not that cool if you don't buy at those stores, right? You are better if you drive these kinds of cars, but not as good if you drive those kinds of cars. Where you live, who you work, the, 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 the things that you do for a living can sometimes produce this separation between us and them. And we sometimes have very much intertwined things that are cultural, like where you shop for groceries, with things that are theological and that matter to God. Hmm. God doesn't care as much as what store you're shopping for groceries as whether or not you're worshiping God with how you're eating and how you're sharing your finances and how you're working for the, for, for the good of your community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we, we have created this whole system that separates those who look this way, act this way, believe these things, say these things, they are in. But those who don't, then they are out. And what Peter's saying here is absolutely breathtaking because there is so much separation and so much time that it took to be a good Jewish follower in this time to understand yourself separate from the world. So much so that often this light of the world was in fact hidden and it wasn't up in a hill it was down in a valley because there was so much time spent just within this community, trying to out-purify one another, right? And this is what Jesus came to do. He came to criticize those who were so concerned for tithing the 10% that they would grab the spices in the cabinet and separate one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine mint leaves and one for God. One, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, coriander seeds, and one for God, mm-hmm. right? To the point that there was so much separation that they spent every single second concerned for the separation and not concerned for the other and for loving the other. They just became concerns, concerned for themselves. The interesting thing about these types of spiritualities is that they really become not about God and not about your neighbor and your community. They become about you. They they become about what you have done to purify yourself, to show yourself clean, to be better, to be holy in your own terms and in your own working, not on God's and not on your community. What Peter is saying here, and the reason why this is absolutely breathtaking, is because we would have not expected this ministry of Jesus to expand beyond the area of Jerusalem. Because normally these bounds were not to be crossed. Mm -hmm. But Peter is saying, no, God, God is for everyone. And forcefully... That means that the expression of God and the expression of good and healthy spirituality is going to look differently depending on different countries and regions and ethnic groups and cultural groups. Some of us eat 
cow and chickens. Some of us eat pork. Some people eat moose and bear. Yeah, right? Yeah. I've never had bear, and I don't want to. <laughs> it's good in stew. It's good in stew. <laughs> yeah. Add a lot of beans and chili and tomatoes and maybe, but... We'll talk. The, what, what Peter is saying here for us, and what I think, why this is so interesting to me and so relevant for our time and, and our season, is Peter is saying, do not confuse the things of God for the things of temporal culture. Now this is hard because it's not giving us a straight up answer of how we weave this. But I really think that's the work of community. Together in community, we weave this with, with the intentionality that God is not showing favoritism for one person or another. It's hard to say this, but God is not partial to the Red Sox versus the Yankees, right? <laughs> and when God we bring it to that level, it sounds silly, doesn't it? God's not partial to the Red Sox or the Yankees. God's not partial to our country or another country. That's hard. We want to believe that God is on our side, but so do the Canadians. <laughs> Who's more right? We want to believe that, that the way that we understand things is the right way. That we're supposed to eat hamburgers and chicken nuggets. Because that's what we eat. But all you have to do is just turn the pages back a hundred years to see that moose and bear were probably more common than chicken nuggets and hamburgers. <laughs> and just wait. We're pretty sure we're going to be eating insect burgers and, and, and other things. Because... I don't think so. Things change. Mm -hmm. The way we eat changes. The way we dress changes. That's fascinating, isn't it? There was a whole set of regulation over what kind of fabric you were allowed to wear. And if it was all cotton, then only cotton with cotton. But you couldn't mix polyester polyester Mm -hmm. and cotton together. It was cultural. It was different. When we build the foundation of our spirituality based on cultural practices, not on on the good news of peace, our cultural practices will not stand the the test of time. No, it won't. And they will not stand the test of suffering. When you're suffering, your cultural practice is not enough to give you hope. Only the gospel can do that. Wear whatever you want to wear, but you're not going to find hope in that. Eat whatever you want to eat, but you're not going to find hope in that. Shop wherever you want to shop, but you're not going to find hope in that. Peter says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism in every nation, in every culture, in every ethnic group. He accepts those who fear God and do what is Right. That's a little scandalous, isn't it? And it's before you think, oh man, that's easy. I can fear God and I can do what's yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, can, I, can, I have a hard time going more than six hours without losing my patience with my girls. 
I don't know about you. I've been I've been off since Jan since December twenty third. I'm itching to go back to work. I'm like I want to go back to work. I need to go back to work. I don't go back to work till Wednesday. Pray for me. <laughs> I have a hard enough time just driving and not thinking the worst thoughts of the driver in front of me. Oh, amen. You should see the kinds of thoughts that I have about people driving. In front of me. You should see how I act when I'm a little bit hungry, <laughs> when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, when I'm anxious. What Peter's saying is revolutionary. In every culture, God accepts people who fear God and do what is right. That's hard. And it can be hard for us to make peace with that. Then Peter says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel. Just a few weeks ago, we were singing peace on earth. This is peace on earth. That anyone who wants to come to God can come to God. That God did not come to the world to condemn the world. That God did not come to the world to separate the world. But the God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of come. There is good news. Everyone belongs at the table. There is room for you here. Fear God and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel. Amen. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. The gospel for us as we're getting ready to start this new year, the good news is that you have peace with God. Amen. Regardless of whether you eat bear, moose, or pork. <laughs> and if, if you keep on reading Acts 15, it's all about this. But what do you mean? So if the, the meat that at that point was, was eaten from, from the shops was meat that was sacrificed to idols and to other gods. So they were wondering, can we eat this meat or not? Like, these are some deep cultural things. Are we supposed to practice circumcision? Like, Jewish people have been practicing circumcision? Because for millennia we haven't practiced circumcision, but now our Savior is Jewish. Do, do we have to do that? Are we allowed to eat meat that contains blood with it? Are we allowed to fellowship with other people? Are we allowed to understand the philosophy and the theologies of other people's times? This is everything that you're going to find in Acts 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It is the church wrestling with this, but Jesus is saying, Peter is saying that the good news is that in Jesus Christ, you are at peace. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether you're eating meat sacrificed to idols or not. Regardless of whether you have understood the entire complexities of, of this cultural and this cross-cultural movement that is spanning across. At this point, borders by now is ages. At this point, it was hard because you were going from, you were, it's, like, it's like going from Maine to Texas, right? Like that, that's different. Believe me, I lived in Texas. I live in Maine. It's different. But now imagine 100 years later. And then 500 years later, and then 2,000 years later, and that's where we are. And the message for us is the same. Amen. That God is at peace with you. 
and that God is calling us to not conflate cultural understandings for gospel understandings. Verse 30, uh, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John the baptizer was preaching. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around, here's it, here it is again, doing good. Often, oh so often, we have minimized our faith to just be about belief. And it is about belief, mm -hmm. but it's about doing good. Amen. Faith without actions is death. Mm -hmm. Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Mm -hmm. For God was for them. Amen. That's the gospel. It's not what meat you're eating. It's not what clothes you're wearing. It's not the cultural understandings that are specific to you in, in Judea or in, or in Galilee or in Turkey or in Turkey 2,000 years later. It is that Jesus came to make sure that you understood that you are at peace with God. Amen. And this is why we sing those Christmas songs and hymns. Peace on earth and goodwill. This is peace on earth. And this is goodwill for us. So our challenge this morning is twofold. I want to encourage you to, to, to investigate and to ask yourself this week, how have I conflated cultural practices with gospel practices? And in which ways do I have to let go of those things? Just like Peter had to let go of it. It took him being in a trance. <coughs> but maybe it won't take that for us. And two, Jesus is Lord of all. That's what Peter said. In Jesus Christ and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no exclusion of people. The gospel and the table of grace is open to anyone who wants to come, fear God, and do good. And that means that things are going to be different. Heaven is going to be so not like America in the year 2020. Right? It's going to be so not like Mexico in the year 1800. It's going to be so not like Israel in the year 50. It's going to be people from all countries in all ages, in all cultural groups, together with one purpose, to worship the Lamb of God. Amen. Mm. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not about favoritism for one group or another. And it is not about exclusion of one group or another. There is no one that's so far out of the reach of grace that they don't have a seat at the table if they want it. Peter's life was changed forever. And from that point, our life was changed. If Peter had been stubborn, and I believe this, and honestly, I would, have, I would understand why Peter not believed this. Right? All of my life, 40, 50, 60 years, I've not been eating bacon, and all of a sudden it's like, I can eat bacon? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it took a 50-year-old man to change his mind about cultural practices for me and for you to have access to the gospel. I wonder if this year God wants to change our mind about something. God wants to remind us, remind us that the gospel of Jesus Christ is peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That God is peace and that Jesus Christ came to give us peace with God. So this week, as you go about work, as you're driving and the person in front of you is just being crazy, remember that they have peace with God and you have peace with God. As you're with your kids and they may be driving you a little bit crazy or your spouse is just a little testy this week, you are at peace with God and they are at peace with God. As you're looking at the news and, and, and reading what's happening, it's just driving you insane, may you feel the peace of God. And when you see specific groups of people that maybe you have worked or have believed that they don't belong, may you remember that they too belong and that God shows no partiality towards Amen. one group or another, Amen. but has called us to do good and to fear Him. And that alone, that's hard, and that takes the gospel and grace for us to be able to do it. Amen. I will need the gospel today to do good all day long. Amen. I will need the gospel tomorrow to do good all day long. Yep. It takes a miracle. It takes the gospel for us to be able to do good all day long. Will you join me in prayer? Father, it's so astounding that an older gentleman like Peter at that point, 50, 40, 50, 60 years old, after living a life consecrated to following these rules and regulations, changed his mind and understood that the gospel is for everyone, for foreigners, for people who eat differently than him, for people who dress differently than him, for people that have done all kinds of things different than him, that the gospel is for everyone because you are Lord of all. Amen. Lord, we confess that maybe, maybe we have believed that some people are not worthy of the gospel. Maybe our actions or our words have, have pushed people away from the gospel. And we ask for your forgiveness this morning. God, we want to be a church and a community that is radically welcoming of all people, just like your gospel is. Amen. We want to be a church and a community that is encouraging all people to fear you and to do what is right. Help us to do what is right. May, may the gospel and may your grace be with us today so we might act well and do what is right today. May your grace be with us tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. May you be a reminder that we need you to do what is right. Father, give us strength. Give us strength to be as inclusive as Peter was. Give us strength to love people the way Peter loved people and the way you have loved 
And we thank you, God, because you truly are peace on earth. And you are our Emmanuel, our God with us. So, Lord, as my brothers and sisters this morning get ready to leave church and, and go back to their work and their houses and, and their studies and everything that they're doing, may you give us a special portion of your grace to know that we have peace with you and that you came to bring peace to all people. Change our hearts so that we will believe that. Amen. Change our hearts so that we will see that in others. We will see that every single person we encounter this week, that you want peace for them. Amen. May that change the way we think of others, talk about others, behave towards others, and may we realize that all of us are living under your grace and your mercy. Be with us this week, Lord. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The band is going to come up and we're going to sing. And we're going to take communion as well this morning. If this is your first time in North Harbor, we practice open communion. Anyone that is wanting to partake of communion, you're welcome to partake. We invite you to come and join us. You're also welcome to go grab your kids. <clears throat>